The Lord is awakening hearts all across our nation and the nations of the earth to come back to the power and simplicity of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. In light of this, Peter and Christie and many others have felt the leading of the Lord to have a national communion celebration. So, July 3rd, as our nation prepares to celebrate its independence, we are gathering. Fathers and mothers, pastors and leaders at Independence Hall in Philadelphia to come together as one voice and declare our dependence on God as a nation and to proclaim this gospel message. In these short podcast episodes, Peter explains the history, heart, and vision of this communion celebration because we want you to join in with us. It's time for true freedom to ring through our nation. It's time to live out this gospel message, and it's time to invite our nation to come to the table. All right, guys, we are less than a month away at the time of recording this podcast. Um, This time you'll notice it's maybe a little more quiet. I'm not in my car. I'm actually in my house, and our kids are at summer camp, and so it's nice and quiet. Um, And so I wanted to take the opportunity and just record this final episode of this podcast leading up to our communion celebration on July 3rd uh, in Philadelphia. And so for this uh, episode in particular, I wanted to really speak to the day of the actual gathering, what we're going to be doing and why we're going to be doing it. Um, And I'm doing this for a couple of reasons. Number one, just to get you excited um, I want you to to come in faith, uh, whether you're there in person, whether you're joining online. Um, it is my heart that we do this together in faith. This is not our deal, Braveheart's deal. Um, this is an invitation from the Lord. Um, and again, so I'm sharing these insights um, and just some of these particular details uh, so that we can all uh, be in faith together that God's going to do something really significant on July 3rd. So uh, for those of you uh, who don't know, uh, we are going to be at Independence uh, Hall or Independence Mall uh, right there in the heart of downtown Philadelphia, um, which is a very historic place. This is where uh, the founding fathers signed the Declaration of Independence. um, And it's where um, now the Liberty Bell, uh, the cracked Liberty Bell, uh, is there. It's right there. We're going to be where we're going to be gathering is just off the, the little small museum there. And this is important um, because we feel like uh, the scripture that's inscribed upon the Liberty Bell, which has been a, a, a sign of freedom for many, many years in our nation. The Liberty Bell was rung uh, to gather Congress. It was rung uh, for for women's rights, it was uh, rung for slaves' rights, uh, and and it's been this the symbol of freedom throughout our nation's history. And on the very bell itself is inscribed the jubilee scripture from Leviticus twenty five that says, "Proclaim liberty to, liberty to all the inhabitants of the land thereof." And so, to kick off our national communion celebration, we're actually going to play the sound of the Liberty Bell. We're going we're gonna to get a digital version of the Liberty Bell. Obviously, it doesn't ring today, um, but we're going to ring that bell. Um, we're going to read the Jubilee Scripture, um, believing 
that 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 this this celebration, this gathering is going to be a great outpouring of God's spirit, a great outpouring of God's blood, his broken body, uh, fed to the nation, declared over our nation, um, and that we're announcing Jubilee. And so we're going to read the scripture and play the bell, um, which is going to be awesome. It's going to be just a holy, holy moment. And then from there, um, we are going to do an invocation uh, we're going to invoke the presence of God. That's not just a religious term. We're going to take a particular moment in time to start the ceremony, and we're going to call upon the name of God. Uh, we're going to invoke his presence because uh, if we're doing all of this without the presence of the Lord, we're doing nothing. And so we believe that God's manifest, tangible presence um, is going to be upon us, is going to bless us, is going to cover us. Um, And so we're going to invoke the presence of God, and then we're going to worship God. We're going to worship Jesus, exalt his name over Philadelphia, uh, over our nation. Um, And it's just going to be beautiful. We've got some of our friends from the upper room. Uh, Obviously, my home church are going to be joining us, uh, leading worship with us, uh, for us. Um, And so that's going to be awesome. Um, And then from there, out of worship, Uh, One of the things that we felt like was going to be really important, um, you know, back in 1776, when our nation was being formed, there was what was called the spirit of independence. And you can see all of this on the website. You can see coming to the the heartbeat behind this. But the spirit of independence, um, I think what started as a good thing to be independent from tyranny, to be independent from uh, just all the things that, that were oppressing uh, the, the colonial Americans at the time. Uh, but I believe that spirit of independence has prevailed and has produced an independence uh, from God and uh, from one another. And what I mean by that is the spirit of independence is really, it's really humanism. It's really that feeling of, man, I can do this on my own. I don't need God. I don't need my fellow brother or sister in the Lord. I don't need this church. I don't need that church. I can do anything I need to do on my own. And we really want to, we really want to come and, and spiritually repent of that spirit of independence. And we're calling the body of Christ to repent with us. And just like Jesus said in John 15, five, he says, um, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is telling his disciples that. And, and he actually even in another portion says that, you know, um, he can do nothing without his father. And so if this is the son of God in the flesh, he says he he can do nothing uh, of his own accord. He can do nothing without the father. He's fully dependent on the father. And this really is what marks us as people of God is a, a radical, desperate dependence upon God um, and the beautiful body of Christ that he's given to us. And so um, we are going to actually read a declaration of dependence um, that we uh, that we write ahead of time, and we're going to read this out over uh, our nation. It's going to be a declaration of repentance, um, but but primarily a declaration of dependence. Basically, like Joshua, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to depend on God. We're no longer going to do this thing on our own. And so um, that's going to be incredibly, incredibly powerful. Uh, from there, we're going to lead into the communion aspect. But before we actually take communion and receive communion together. Um, we are going to share the gospel. We are going to preach and declare the revelation of Jesus Christ, 
Who is Jesus? What did he do? We're going to give people an opportunity to be born again. Um, it's going to be so, 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 so powerful. Um, there are going to be people there just gathering in attendance downtown Philadelphia who are going to hear the gospel. There's going to be people watching online um, who hear the gospel for the first time. And so um, we're going to preach the gospel and then we're going to go right into communion. And so those people that have never heard the gospel or never responded to the gospel, the first thing they're going to do to make covenant with God is they're going to take communion because it's a covenant meal. This is like the last supper when Jesus went to make covenant. He goes, this is the blood. Um, this is the new covenant in my blood. And so we believe that communion is, yes, it's remembrance. Yes, it's an ordinance. Um, yes, it strengthens and nourishes us, but it's also a a moment. We believe that people can actually when they understand the gospel, repent of their sins, declare Jesus as their Lord, that the first thing they can do is to take communion um, as an act of faith, um, that they're making covenant with God. Um, And so we're going to do that. Uh, We're going to pray for the sick uh, with communion. We're going to proclaim the Lord's death, 1 Corinthians 11, 26. Uh, So we're going to go into that time of communion. It's going to be a time of ministry uh, to the people those watching, those in person, we're going to minister healing. We're going to minister just the very love of God. Um, it's going to be very, very beautiful, very, very holy, uh, very sacred. I believe God's power uh, is going to meet us in that place. Uh, even those watching online, I think it's going to it's going to flow. Um, so we're going to have a time of communion, and then out of communion is really where we enter into the John twenty twenty two, John twenty twenty three. Um, which is the declaration of forgiveness. And this is where Jesus said, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Anyone who sins you forgive shall be forgiven. And anyone who sins you withhold shall be withheld. And this is where we're entering into our roles as ministers of reconciliation. I believe one of the most, uh, one of the most profound ways we can honor the Lord's table uh, as a worthy meal is we can declare what his blood is speaking. And his blood speaks forgiveness. His blood speaks reconciliation. It's says 2 Corinthians 5, ministers of reconciliation, uh, God making his appeal through us. See, we have been invited uh, and anointed by God. Every born-again believer has been given the ministry of reconciliation. Well, what is the ministry of reconciliation according to 2 Corinthians 5? It's not counting men's trespasses against them. Well, how do you do that? You speak what the blood is saying. And again, I want to make this so clear because this is a very new concept. A lot of people think that repentance needs to come first. And and though I believe repentance is profound, it's needed, it's necessary. In this instance, we are we are being intercessors. We are standing in the gap for the lost for those who are stuck in sin, blinded in sin, blinded by by what they don't know, and we're standing in the gap on their behalf. We're stepping in between the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, and our brothers and sisters in our nation who are stuck in sin. And we're declaring as ministers of reconciliation who Jesus is, what he's done, and we're announcing forgiveness of sins and the refreshment of the Holy Spirit that comes through the presence of God for those who receive his name, who believe in him, God will give the right to be born of God. And obviously, this proclamation of good news comes with a warning. 
if they do not receive this good news, if they reject Jesus, they will remain in their sins. But the reality is that Christ has come, his blood has been shed, and we have permission, I believe, by the Holy Spirit, by God, to declare your sins are forgiven. Now come to God and receive it. Uh, And hopefully that makes sense, that forgiveness of sins can precede, a declaration of forgiveness can precede someone who's lost repenting. And the way I would show this um, is, is a couple of instances in Scripture. Number one, Jesus on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So Jesus prays to the Father and he asks the Father to forgive them. So this is prayer to God. God, forgive them. They know not what they do. Um, and, and I believe what Jesus was doing was he was preparing them in the coming weeks to actually be maybe some of those same ones that were crucifying him were there on Pentecost and heard Peter's message and were saved. And so Jesus was able to offer that forgiveness uh, to them. Uh, And they were prepared then to actually come and hear the gospel. And so um, this ties back to John 20, 22 and 23, where Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, he says, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says, anyone who sins you forgive shall be forgiven. Anyone who sins you withhold shall be withheld. Um, The other uh, example that I use in scripture is when uh, Saul is approving of Stephen's uh, stoning. And Stephen says, do not hold this sin against them. And later in the next chapter, Saul becomes Paul. I believe these are radical instances of forgiveness that's being offered uh, prior to repentance. And so again, to be very clear, this doesn't cause, this doesn't make people born again. It just prepares them to come to Jesus to be saved. And so we are going to actually stand up together with one voice. We're going to declare forgiveness over our nation Um, And then from there, we are going to finish with a radical celebration. We are going to dance. We are going to sing. We're going to praise uh, because the right response to Jubilee, (laughs) if, if debts are canceled and we're free, the appropriate response is to celebrate. Um, This will be July 3rd. We're going to celebrate the presence of God being poured out. We're going to celebrate all that we believe God is going to do from this place. And so Uh, If you're hearing this, you've been following us on this journey, um, I really want to, from my heart, if you're a pastor, you're a leader, uh, you're you're praying for our nation, you're contending for our nation, this is your formal invitation. Please, over the next month, pray with us. Uh, Seek God with us. Um, Give so into this this initiative. I know I think we're still believing for about $40,000 we're believing for to, to get us to the mark. Uh, where we can actually sow into the Church of Philadelphia. I think that's the 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 amount still we need to raise is forty thousand um, dollars, and and that's going to cover our event. And so I want to invite you to sow into this with us. I want to invite you to come register online for free, um, and I think that's it. So guys, you've had four podcasts this month. Uh, they've been preparing the ground. Um, We're going to be updating the website. We're going to be updating announcements on Instagram, social media, the Braveheart social media, my social media. Uh, So if you want to stay tuned that way, uh, please do. Um, But I am just so grateful uh, for what God is calling us to. And I'm so thankful for those of you who are picking up 
uh, this trumpet with us in sounding the trumpet of Jubilee. Um, This is our time. This is our time. It's a critical, holy, profound moment in our nation. July 3rd, uh, National Communion Celebration. Uh, Come and join us. This is your sign. If you've been praying about it, this is it. Come. Come. Pray. Um, If you cannot come in person, if you're not in the tri-state area or it's too much for you, sign up and host something in your home. Do it with your family and join us for that two-hour period. Um, You'll be super blessed. Love you guys. If you feel led to partner with us in this, please go to cometothetableamerica.co and you'll find some practical ways that you can partner with us, which include number one, having a live stream party at your house and joining in with what the Lord does in Philadelphia. Or number two would be to support this through finances or through prayer. As this is a national event, we need a lot of covering both financially and in prayer and in the spirit. So we've already raised about $100,000 and we need about 50,000 more. And also we would love for you to pray into this And let us know what you hear from the Lord. Reach out to us, email us, tell us on social media as you're praying in what you see the Lord doing. And number three would be just to spread the word. We really feel this is something the Lord is doing across our nation. And we would love if you would share with your friends and your family and join in with this communion celebration. Again, the website is cometothetableamerica.co. We love you. Be brave.